People don't like to talk about the earthly business of dying, but when my mother got sick, my father and I faced that reality. The help we received from Mountain Valley Hospice made all the difference in her quality of life. Their in-home care was remarkable, and when the time came, the Waltz Hospice home was a godsend. My mother was able to live her best life even as she was leaving it. Contact Mountain Valley Hospice at mtnvalleyhospice.org. This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate. White flag this time. One to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it, though. One and one. So he flies way up high and takes the white flag. Johnson State fouls in the 48 car. He's got the push. Tony Stewart the 20. He'll keep Vickers to the high side. Vickers couldn't block a boat. Side by side. Two laps to go. Somebody's got to give. Get into turn one. Go get him. Welcome to another edition of the Pit Stop here on WTOB, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Brett Wiseman alongside you, Zach Staley, uh, the driver of the number seven, the John Barrow Street Stock Series out of Reedy Creek, North Carolina. Our guest this evening got a top five uh, the other night, that 14-lap wreck fest. Uh, that was uh, the Street Stock race to open the night, shortened due to a time limit as we had to get that 100-lap modifier in. But uh, double points for you guys, so a top five has got to feel really good for you coming out of that that shortened uh, chaos that it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely needed that. So, again, top five, and it was double points for every series uh, this past Saturday night. Take us through what even the first five to ten laps of that was like, because it was it was just utter madness. When things like that are happening, what's going through your head? Is it is it just trying to you know be the master of avoiding disaster? Is it trying to be in not be in the wrong place at the right time or the right place in the wrong time? Or what's going through your head? Is it just are you trying to avoid everything, or does that just kind of come naturally? I mean, I guess it's kind of a job driving down the highway, you know, just trying to miss everything you can, you know. Uh, it's like objects being thrown at you, you know what I mean? The dodgeball is the way I feel about it. Uh, it's it's a, it's a blast, though, you know. I don't – I enjoy – the first few laps were a little crazy, but um, once everybody got settled down a little bit and some cars got moved and uh, I think the racing got a little better, I mean, I hate it. I hate it always like that, but um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time at the end, you know, to get that fifth place finish and get my points back up. Uh, the previous two weeks hadn't been that well for me, so that really helped me out a little bit. But I hate it for the guys that cars got tore up. You know, it's always bad to see a, a race car get torn up. Yeah, big rebound for you, as you said, with that top five. Picked up 90 points on the double points night, so he came in seventh. Uh, in car number seven in the points, but uh, certainly trying to shoot back up uh, right on after that. But as you said, it's, it sucks to see race cars get get beat up, especially at this level. Um, but for you, it was an important night. I want to get your thoughts, though, on, and we ask everybody about this. We're getting to the point now with this new track surface that I think we can finally trust that there's been enough rubber put down that you can see a semblance of an outside line. With street stock this year, it's kind of been hit or miss as far as somebody trying to use that outside line or everybody just 
kind of playing bottom feeder and running right down on the apron, basically in the grass, so to speak, trying to pass people, pull a Dale Earnhardt and go right through the grass. But what have you seen, especially the last few weeks, as more and more rubber has gotten put down after the few rainouts about a month and a half ago? From your vantage point, how have things changed from when this was a completely green, dry racetrack to where we are now with there being a fairly good amount of rubber being put down over the last few weeks? I mean, there ain't much room for racing on the outside. Uh, I'm sure in the mini stock division, those guys could probably run too wide all night long. But if you get hung on the outside, it's over for you. Uh, you got to get back in as soon as you can. There ain't much grip out there. And then what little bits out there, it, it, there's not enough room to use it. And you got somebody on the inside without either running them off the racetrack or, or banging doors, you know. Um, I don't know. I wish there was something they could do about it. But I, from my understanding, they've had some problems with the pavement and uh, the company, you know, maybe trying to fix it. I don't know. I hope, you know, we're all on a on a guessing game there, you know. But a lot of guys are on bump stops. A lot of guys are on conventional. Some guys can feel it. Some guys can't. Um, I don't feel any bumps, um, but the uh, but the grip it just ain't there on the outside. Even with you know the, the racing that we've done, not like it used to be anyway. Right. I mean, it's with a completely new surface. It, it's going to take quite some time to get enough rubber put down to where multiple grooves and multiple lines can kind of form. And you know, there'd been talk from from what we'd heard here on the program about maybe some PJ1 or some kind of traction compound going up on the outside, but that obviously has not come to fruition, at least not yet. So, you know, as we move along here later on into the season, have you had to adjust the handling setups going into some races based on temperature, weather, time of year as we've gotten deeper into the summer, coupled with the fact that, you know, the the track is changing every week. I think it changes every week during and during the day. I mean, all day long, the track changes from the morning to the evening to the, to the night. And it depends on where you race, you know, in the lineup, uh, as how good the track's going to be. Um, it, I think it, we've made adjustments every week, you know, every, every time we're there, we make adjustments and, and sometimes you make the wrong adjustment. You know, it's, it's really been a guessing game with, with that track because it's so much changing. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's an ever changing landscape, and you know, when we talk about where this track has been over the years, this is probably the most seismic, drastic shift that we've seen. It, it's been the first repave I can really remember in quite a while, and you know, for your series as far as the handling and the tire wear is concerned. Street stock is one of those styles of racing that doesn't necessarily depend as much on handling. It's more the guy behind the wheel, right? I mean, yes and no. I mean, you definitely got to have a good handling car to be out there uh, in the front for sure. Um, if you've got a, a good handling car and an ill handling car on the racetrack together, it's definitely going to show uh, as far as watching it. You know, um, the tire game serious. Um, if you, if you ain't top of your tires, you might as well not even come Saturday. So, and what are some differences that you've noticed from 
from afternoon practice in, in, into the race. Have there been any major adjustments you've had to make to the handling of the cars um, uh, from that afternoon practice to race night? Yeah, we've moved some track bars and took some rounds out and put some rounds in. Did several different adjustments and trying different things to see what would work. You know, um, the track, if it's really loose in the morning, it's good and hot and slippery. Most of that time that night, the car will be pretty good. But if the car isn't really a little loose in the morning on Saturday, then it that night it's it's not going to be as good as it, it could have been. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. You know, Randy and I talked about that uh, plenty of times when, when he was on here was, you know, how much the track changes uh, just from, from day to night and the temperature drop, the, the you know, the sun setting, that's obvious, but... Um, when the track temp cools down at the at the end of the night, it you know, it can be a little bit deceiving, like you said. It can actually get hotter, you know, once once enough rubber's put down out there. Uh, for for your series, Zach, it's not one we haven't. I can't remember a street stock driver we've talked to at least not in quite a while. So uh, tell us what makes your series so exciting, and and give our listeners some things to watch out for here the rest of the season. I mean, really the. There's, I mean, everybody over there in every division is cool, but um, that division. I believe we've lost Zach. We'll try to get him back here shortly. But, folks, street stock often goes first or often goes last on a lot of nights. Um, this time it happened to be first. A couple weekends ago it happened to be right before the, uh, right before the skid race. But it, if you're in your seats early enough, and from what I from what I saw, there were there weren't a whole lot of people that were there early enough for the street stock race, and yeah, they they missed a lot. <laughs> so um, this is just as good a style of racing and just as good a series as as you'll see um, anywhere across the entire landscape of this track. But um, these kids know what they're doing. Kids, men, women, young and old. This is a, a very diverse series in terms of the levels of talent, um, and everybody's fast. This is about as evenly matched as it gets, and Zach will certainly be a contender moving forward. We don't have the exact numbers on the point standings yet. Those are still being uh, determined by the adding machines uh, over at Bowman Gray Stadium. Um, but Zach certainly, I would think, will either be ahead of or stay where he was coming into the race last night in seventh, picking up 90 points uh, on double points night, where a top five would normally only net you uh, 45 uh, in the street stock division. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll recap the rest of it. Our guest last week, Burt Myers, he made good on that promise. He gets two in a row. We'll recap the 100-lap modifiers as well as the rest of the double points results and look ahead to Q1041's Night of Destruction this week on the Pit Stop. Back here on the pit stop on WTOB, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Brett Wiseman alongside you. Recap, uh, again, that street stock race as we just talked about with Zach Staley. And thanks so much, Zach, for, for coming on the Reedy Creek, North Carolina native. Just a, a, a chaos-filled street stock race to open the night. But 
Uh, one of our two guests last night, or last week, I should say, that'd be Burt Myers. And much maligned was his losing streak up until this point. He took the victory um, two weekends ago in the one of those 25-lap modifiers. So that was huge for him. But being as down in the point standings as he is, he even told us, you know, he kind of felt like he was out of it, so they, they really had no choice but to, but to try and win every race from here on out. But you win two in a row, not only that, you, you pick up a win on double points night, Bert. You're, I mean, might be cooking with peanut oil there in the, in the Dirty South as he was up to eighth in the points, uh, just two back of seventh and with Jeremy Gerstner before uh, that was going into last night. And then when he picked up the victory last night and that 100-lap modifier, yeah, that's a whole 1,650 points uh, for Burt Myers and our other guest last weekend, uh, Tim Brown, uh, picking up uh, 1130, 1,130 points uh, in the Brad Golf Cars Modified Series, Modified 100. But that 1650, that's going to do a lot of good for Burt Myers. That will shoot him right up the board. And, you know, somebody that even by his own admission would, felt like he was out of it. Um, uh, just, you know, about a month ago now is very firmly in the conversation with his brother Jason, his younger brother Jason, um, for the Brad's Golf Cart Modified Series Championship. Let's run through the rest of that finishing order. Again, Tim Brown second, Brandon Ward third in the 04. 805 points for him on double points night. The 22 of Jonathan Brown picks up four, 740 points for the Winston-Salem native. Jeremy Gerstner from Wesley Chapel, Florida. The Flying Floridian in the 55 picks up a top five finish. 690 points for him. Randy Butner in six, driving the number five out of Pofftown. 655 for him. Junior Snow out of King picks up a nice seventh place finish. 620 for him. Daniel Beeson, the K-Vegas native in eighth. Chris Fleming, the showman, the showstopper, I should say. 555 on the points total for him out of Mount Airy in the number 16. He picks up ninth. And Jason Myers picking up, rounding out the top 10, picking up 635 points in 10th. Other notable finishers, John Holloman in the 69, finishing 12th, 460 points for him. Zach Brewer, 13th. And Lee Jeffries, 14th. Rolling through the McDowell Heating and Air Sportsman Series, two races. Uh, in that one, taking through race one first again, double points night. Chase Robertson, big, big, big win for him. He was super pumped when he got out of his race car after picking up what is just a massive victory for him. The 17 year old second win of the year started on the front row, took the lead early. It was a caution free 20 lapper. Connor Branch uh, came in second. Robertson. Um, he said afterwards, it's not getting any easier. Said he had a really good car, just tried to stay with it. Um, but for him, staying with it's a good thing to do because he was able to make it all the way around there in that first 20-lapper and, and avoid some trouble. So 315 points for him. 
Connor Branch out of Louisville, finishing second, as we said, 215 for him. Riley Neal out of Walkertown, 175, friend of the program, finishing third in the 07. Dylan Ward in the 08, in fourth, 145 points for him. Michael Adams, the Y Vegas, Y Vegas, Yville, uh, Yakinville native uh, in the 19 car. Top five finish for him, 130 points. Zach Clifton just short of the top five which means he's under 100 points on the night. 95 for him. Sterling Plemons in 7th picks up 85. Kirk Sheets in the 86 car, or the 86 car, picks up 8th. 75 points. Tommy Neal, familiar name, 140 points for the Tiger, finishing in ninth. And Amber Lynn rounding out the top 10 with 110 points. Other notable finishers in that first race, Chase Lewis all the way back in 16th, Wesley Thompson 15th, Zach Orr 13th, and Justin Taylor in 12th. Race 2, a little bit more eventful. Zach Orr coming in with the victory in race number 2. Picks up 315 big points for the number 55 car out of Lexington. Tommy Neal in the 21, the Tiger Picking up a runner-up finish, adding 215 points to his total. Kyle Southern in third, 175 points for him. Zach Clifton fourth, picking up 145 points for the 81 car out of the shop in Walkertown. Dylan Ward in the 08 picks up a top five as well in race number two and 130 more points to his total. Justin Taylor battles back up into the sixth spot, takes home 95 points, and Riley Neal in the 07 takes home 85 in 7th. Chase Robertson, the winner of race 1, picked up a top 10 in race 2, added 75 more points to the 315 that he earned for winning race number 1. Michael Adams in ninth, and Brandon Mills rounding out the top 10. Wesley Thompson, 15th, Amber Lynn, 18th, uh, after both were caught up in a couple of incidents late in that 20-lap event. Q1041 Stadium Stock Series, just 15 laps for those boys, but uh, boys and girls, but uh, they got it going out there. Brandon Brendel in the 43 car out of Tobaccoville, 190 points for him, wins his second in a row. A.J. Sanders out of Moxville, 115 points for him in the 24 car. He picks up a second-place finish. Wyatt Sapp out of Kernersville picks up 90 points for the 46 car. Steven Sanders in fourth takes home 80 points for the 8 car. Andy Southern out of Lexington, 75 points in 5th for the 17 car, Justin Owens in 6th, Brandon Krotz 7th, Cody Gum, the Clemens native, picks up 65 points for the 03 car out of the Village, Andrew Cates ninth, also picking up 65, and Tyler Stately, Stately excuse me, is 10th, taking home 60 points. So we don't have, again, as we said, an exact number on the points. Right now, there's they're still, you know, going through the adding machines and things over there on the uh, <laughs> over at Bowman Gray Stadium, but uh, check uh, BowmanGrayRacing.com later on this week. They'll they'll have all the point standings and and all that posted going forward. While we have you, some NASCAR results for you over the weekend from the national ranks. Uh, the Camping World Truck Series not in Atlanta as the Xfinity and Cup Series is are. They were at Mid Ohio, the sports car course for their annual trek up to that very famed road course. Of course, famous for the IMSA Sports Car Series, but uh, Truck Series and Xfinity Series make a, a couple of separate treks up there each and every year. And it was an eventful one, to say the least, as part-time driver 
uh, Parker Kligerman, uh, who moonlights as a pit reporter for NBC usually, uh, hopped into that number 75, tied Food Country USA, Chevy Silverado for Henderson Motorsports, and took home a huge victory. He'd run well in his part-time races up until that point, including back-to-back top fives and the two other road course events for the Truck Series this year at Circuit of the Americas and at Sonoma. Uh, But this time, Parker Clickerman passed Cody Heim about three or four laps into the race and didn't look back, just ran away with it. Uh, Eventful things happened behind him, but Parker Clickerman, smooth sailing, until he fended off a challenge from Cody Heim in the 51 of Kyle Busch Motorsports there at the end. In the Xfinity Series, it was the hometown man, Austin Hill, who grew up about uh, 10, 15 miles, maybe, from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's always good to win at your home track, and Austin Hill did just that, um, fending off a late charge from a a number of contenders, Sheldon Creed among them at the new Super Speedway configuration uh, that is Atlanta Motor Speedway. That'll do it for us this week of the Pit Stop here on WTOB, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Before we let you go, though, let's preview what's happening next week at Bowman Gray Stadium. There's a lot of fun stuff coming up for you on the 16th of July. True Lyant Federal Credit Union Night of Destruction. Presented by Q1041. We got monster truck car crushing. We got the demolition jer- demolition derby. A lot of fun stuff coming up for you this Saturday night at the Madhouse. Get your tickets at the door. Get in the door early enough so you can see all the great racing action. Street stock, stadium stock, sportsman modified. Fan prize is a John Deere E120 lawn tractor uh, from our friends at James River Equipment. So make sure you're there early, get a good spot for what should be another eventful street stock race. And whatever comes next will be fun, as will the monster truck car crushing and the demolition derby. Uh, Truliant Federal Credit Union Night of Destruction is always one event each and every summer season you don't want to miss. So don't make this season any different. That'll do it for us on the Pit Stop here on WTOB. Powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Thank you to our guest, Zach Staley. And our producer, Desmond Johnson, see you next week.